Welcome to the latest episode of our COVID-19 Business in Focus podcast, where we explore the business impacts of coronavirus. I'm Rowena Morris, a director at PwC, and I help clients prepare and respond to crisis situations, and I'm your host for this series. In this episode, we'll explore the impact coronavirus has had on pensions and how the regulator is using its annual funding statement to address the crisis. And we'll also look at some practical ways to protect and manage defined benefit pension schemes as we navigate this evolving situation. Today, I'm joined by Katie Lightstone and John Dunn, my colleagues from our pensions advisory business. Hi, Rowena. Hi, Rowena. Morning, everyone. We're also delighted to be joined today by David Fares, the Executive Director for Regulatory Policy, Analysis and Advice at the Pensions Regulator. Hi, David. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for being here. So to kick things off, John, please, can you give us an idea of the impact that COVID-19 has had on pensions over the last few weeks? Yeah, and and probably the easiest place to start, Rowena, is if we think about what people might be perceived to be the impact on pension schemes, assets and liabilities. So where are we? We're at the end of April, and anyone that's looked at global stock markets over the last couple of months will have seen some large falls. The global market was down by just over 30% at one point towards the end of March, and it's now down between 10 and 15%, depending on the day you look at it. So what we're also seeing is really high levels of volatility at the moment. The impact on defined benefit pension schemes, though, will depend on the investment strategy that that individual scheme has adopted and the extent to which the strategy has hedged the movements in pension scheme liabilities. Many defined benefit pension schemes actually adopt pretty low risk investment strategies with lots of interest rate and inflation hedging. So the impact on the funding levels of these schemes is probably going to be a lot lower um, than people would expect by just looking at what's happened to stock markets. But I'd caution and say that schemes that have taken bigger bets on stock markets and have less hedging in place will have unfortunately seen bigger hits to their funding levels and maybe sitting on increased deficits at the moment. And Verena, clearly COVID-19 has had a a really material impact on many sponsoring employers' financial strength um, and particularly a cash position. I'm helping some clients that are facing situations where, you know, effectively they have zero revenue um, and and are looking to apply for for government-backed funding. So, you know, really serious impacts on the sponsor side. Mm -hmm. So, Katie, what challenges is this creating for trustees of defined benefit schemes? I think one of the biggest uh, challenges at the moment is uh, requests from sponsors to defer contributions to pension schemes. You know, trustees are really wrestling with um, with with this question, you know, balancing their duty to ensure members benefits are protected, but also trying to support the sponsor through such a challenging time. Trustees are needing to take often you know, uncomfortable decisions, uh, which would be very unusual in normal times. Uh, and, and, and really things are even more tricky where they are in the middle of a, an actuarial valuation that they have to do every three years. Getting a clear picture of the impact on the sponsor covenant when there's just so much uncertainty and flex is, is a really big challenge that I'm helping a number of clients with at the moment. OK. And John, what's been the impact on corporate sponsors? Yeah, I mean, as, as we know, you know, many businesses, sponsors of pension schemes are just fighting hard at the moment to keep their businesses going and to look after their employees in, you know, what are very challenging conditions. I think one challenge for corporate sponsors thinking about their pension schemes is is just finding the time at the moment to devote to their pension employee benefits issues. As Katie said, the pensions regulator 
very helpfully issued guidance in March to employers and trustees to think about the deferral of contributions to help those sponsors with cash flow issues. And at the moment, we think about 10%, maybe a little more of sponsors have so far taken advantage of these, what we call easements. And David, from a regulator perspective, what challenges are you seeing? Um, so I recognise a lot of what uh, John and Katie are saying, but um, just taking a step back, um, from a funding perspective, we've seen a really small number of schemes whose funding level has actually improved uh, as we've gone through this crisis. Um, but a lot, uh, perhaps as a result of uh, post-2008 experience, as John said, have hedged uh, some of the risks within the pension scheme. And those schemes are coming through this crisis in reasonable shape. They might see uh, relatively modest falls in funding levels. Um, but equally, there are some schemes where there's no hedging in place and they may have a mismatched uh, asset liability uh, strategy where falls in funding levels could be as high as 30%. So the challenge uh, for us as a regulator is that schemes are coming through this uh, with a real variety of experience. Uh, and that's equally matched by uh, corporate sponsors. Some are coming through uh, this crisis relatively well. Some are even seeing improvements in profitability. Uh, but we have to recognize that this crisis is a real challenge uh, for some organizations. Uh, and as John was saying, we're seeing probably five to 10% of uh, schemes being approached by their sponsoring employer to suspend or defer contributions. Um, from an operational point of view, trustees and administrators seem to be adapting to uh, these circumstances really well. Uh, in the early days, we did have uh, some administrators being challenged by uh, moving to remote working, but uh, I'm pleased to say that most now seem to be, be working well. Um, we are also seeing some uh, challenges to liquidity, in part uh, being driven by the suspension or deferral of deficit contributions. Uh, but some schemes seeing an uptick in, in terms of requests for transfer values uh, and some are having challenges around collateral. Uh, and really sadly, uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that uh, we are seeing an uptick in some scam activity. Uh, and it's really important, I think, that members and schemes are aware of the risk there. Really helpful overview. Thanks, David. Um, so you've just released the annual funding statement. Can you tell us about um, how you're seeking to address these challenges? Yeah, so we recognise that these are really difficult and challenging times, but I said schemes and sponsoring employers uh, are coming through this in many different ways, uh, and that makes it difficult for us to give generic advice. Um, from a perspective of funding of the schemes, it's likely that each trustee uh, and sponsoring employer will need to consider uh, the situation in the light of their own particular circumstances. Uh, for those schemes and employers coming through this well, uh, we want them to keep focusing on their long-term target uh, and just keep going. As I say, we recognise, particularly if they've got a March or April valuation, uh, then it can be really challenging. Uh, we do expect that actual valuations may uh, be a little deferred compared to normal, so it might be that scheme accounts take a while uh, to complete. It may be that investment information is slow to come through uh, and indeed individual member data. Uh, and during that time, we think there's an opportunity for trustees uh, to start thinking about how market conditions uh, could differ depending on how we come out of this lockdown uh, and how that might have an impact on the assumptions uh, that they use for their valuation. 
Uh, we expect the sponsoring employer is also looking at a range of scenarios as we come out of lockdown uh, and also some of the risks that, that perhaps are threatening their business. And it'd be really helpful if employers shared those uh, scenarios uh, so that trustees can think in a, in a very similar way uh, around the scenarios that they need to look at for their scheme. Okay, that's great. So I think it would be helpful for everyone if we could just go a little bit deeper into the specifics of the AFS. I know John and Katie, you've got some questions about it for you, David. Yeah, thanks, Rowena. If I, I take the first one, and, and, and David, I wanted to kick off with a, a question about post-valuation experience. The, the AFS mentions it a number of times, and you also talk about how uncertain the current situation is. So what's, what's TPR saying to trustees? Are you, are you saying take your time because the situation could become clearer in six to 12 months? And I guess the obvious follow-on question from that is, if you don't mind, how will TPR react to trustees that ask for more time to complete their tranche 15 valuations due to this uncertainty? Uh, so to some degree, I think, I think as I say, there'll be likely uh, some delay before valuations can start in earnest. Um, but, but trustees can use that time to think about different scenarios, uh, think about the triggers that they might want to put into uh, recovery plans to step up contributions uh, over time if they see that uh, profitability and cash flow uh, improve for their, their sponsor. Um, and they can think about how the scenario developed for their employer. And obviously, the longer that they wait, the clearer the picture might become. Uh, but we're not suggesting that trustees defer for too long. Uh, at this stage, we're not looking to extend the 15 months to complete evaluation, uh, but we're obviously keeping that under review. And David, clearly there will be some trustees for whom post-valuation experience is, is hugely negative. Um, so, for example, those with evaluation as at December 2019, and possibly somewhere um, post-valuation experience could be positive. So looking at those with March 2020 valuations, does the regulator expect trustees to factor in experience either way, whether it's positive or, or negative? And if, uh, if only where it's negative, is there a risk that trustees will be seen to effectively have their cake and eat it by, by their sponsors? Um, I, I think we think uh, because of the particular circumstances that we're in, that post-valuation experience is something uh, that schemes should think about. Uh, but uh, whether that post-valuation experience is good or bad, uh, the same principle applies. Thanks. And, and, and linked to that, I suppose, given the huge impact on many sponsors, my experience certainly is that getting an accurate view of the covenant at the moment is, is very challenging. You know, many companies haven't yet updated their business plans. Um, and even where they try to do that, they're extremely sensitive to assumptions around you know, lock term, lock, lockdown ending and a longer term economic impact of, of the, the situation. What does the regulator expect of trustees? Is there an ability to take a bit longer to get a more accurate picture, particularly of the covenant? So even though business plans may not have been updated, we do anticipate that employers are thinking about uh, how this lockdown is impacting their business, how their business will emerge from lockdown, uh, how quickly uh, they might get back to a new normal and, and I, I guess what a new normal might look like. Uh, clearly, uh, employers will also be thinking of the risk to their business in the short to medium term. 
so we really think it'd be helpful for that information to be shared with trustees uh, and perhaps now more than ever uh, for trustees and sponsors to work together uh, to find a solution that really balances member security uh, with some of the short-term challenges that we're experiencing. Uh, and as you say, it might well be that that picture develops over time. And so it's really important that the dialogue between uh, employer and trustees continues. David, thinking about 31st of March financial conditions, I think the AFS acknowledges that that's a potentially challenging date to conduct evaluation at. And so it, it's going to be difficult for actuaries and trustees to set discount rates at, at this date. What's, what's TPR's expectation here? Some actuaries set their discount rates by reference to models of expected return and some use the common guilt plus approach. But I assume that it's not acceptable for actuaries to say it was guilt plus one at the last valuation, so it's got to be guilt plus one this time. Well, it's probably important to say um, just because it's, uh, it's difficult setting assumptions uh, shouldn't mean uh, that it shouldn't be done. Uh, but to be clear, just rolling forward what was used previously isn't likely to be appropriate, I think. Um, we do expect trustees to work with advisors on different economic outcomes, uh, understand the particular circumstances and impact on uh, the sponsor covenant. And as I said, trustees could look at a range of scenarios or could work on a, a preliminary scenario uh, until a clearer picture emerges. Uh, and if, if necessary, we'll provide more guidance uh, in the autumn on what we think uh, is appropriate. Okay, and you, you mentioned scenario analysis there, and that, that feels particularly important at the moment to help trustees and sponsors understand the potential impact of the COVID-19 outbreak on, on pension schemes, particularly over the longer term. For example, considering how the different shaped economic recoveries could map across to return expectations, interest rates, and of course, life expectancy. Large schemes are going to have the resources to conduct the analysis, but small schemes might struggle. What are the regulators' thoughts here? So we do recognise that large schemes have got more resource and budget to look at a range of scenarios uh, than smaller schemes. Uh, but we do expect advisors to work with trustees to do it in a proportionate and cost-effective way uh, where it's a, a small scheme. Uh, it might well be that advisor firms and perhaps some of the trade bodies uh, could help in, in developing some standardised scenarios or thinking around that. And in terms of, of scenario analysis, um, it might be considered even more important than normal to consider the integrated impact of downside risks on the combined scheme and the sponsor. And it's certainly something that we're advising our clients on uh, at the moment, um, but interested to understand what you see as, as best practice in relation to integrated risk management at the moment, David. Uh, I think that's right. And what you're doing is obviously good practice. So to some degree, best practice is, is exactly what you've uh, just said. Uh, but trustees do need to look at a range of scenarios, but they need to look at both the upside and the downside uh, and build into their valuation and recovery plans uh, those scenarios. So looking back in two to three years time, um, there aren't any regrets about the decisions that, that they've made at this moment. Thinking a bit a bit more about recovery plans, David, you know, it's going to be quite hard for trustees and sponsors um, to agree a recovery plan where affordability is potentially going to be hard to judge and, and also where the funding position of the pension scheme could have moved significantly from the date of the valuation. 
how does TPR envisage that sponsors and trustees might might deal with the issue in practice? Um, so we recognise uh, for those schemes that are particularly challenged uh, as we go through this uh, uh, crisis that, that there's some real challenges. Uh, but we think trustees uh, could recognise those difficult circumstances by having contributions that step up over time, uh, where it's not possible to, to do that with a degree of certainty. Uh, they could agree triggers uh, where contributions increase. Uh, as I said at the beginning, some schemes are coming through this crisis uh, well, uh, profitability is improved. And so we may have uh, employers whose business isn't uh, particularly badly affected by the crisis. Uh, and if that's the case, then we do uh, expect them to, to look at the situation as they would as normal. And we wouldn't expect them to uh, have easements in terms of contributions that they pay to the scheme. And as we start to talk about coming out of lockdown, how should trustees be thinking about ending agreements such as contribution deferrals? How do you expect them to continue to protect the scheme's position? Um, I, I think they have to uh, look at the situation as we uh, come out of lockdown. Trustees need to carefully monitor changes to the covenant, uh, to profitability, to cash flow. Uh, and ensure that the scheme is treated equitably. Uh, so if, for example, suspended dividends start to be paid, we'd expect any deferral of contributions to be made good uh, and the, the scheme to be treated equitably going forward. And, and David, I've, I've not seen this, but there have been some suggestions that employers might be gaming the system. So what I mean by that is taking advantage of the current easements on contribution deferral where they haven't necessarily been impacted by the COVID-19 outbreak. What, what's, what's TPR's experience of this? Um, so, so we do see a really small uh, number of instances where that's the case. Uh, we did see it in the post-2008 financial crisis. Some schemes that didn't really need to uh, take advantage of easements did so. Uh, so as I say, it is in a really small number of cases uh, where uh, some employers are looking to uh, put a scheme and, and the member security uh, to a disadvantage. Um, so that's why in our guidance we set out the information that should be given to trustees as part of them agreeing to uh, deficit contribution deferral or suspension uh, and, and the overall requirement for the, the scheme to be treated equitably. Uh, where trustees don't think deferral or suspension is necessary or appropriate, we do expect them to push back uh, and if appropriate they should involve TPR in those uh, discussions. And to a slightly different topic um, and in relation to the sort of not-for-profit sector, specialists are predicting that the charity sector could lose you know, 4.3 billion of income over the next three months because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And clearly that's at a time when demand for charity services is very likely to rocket. Do you have any specific thoughts or guidance for schemes supported by not-for-profit organisations at this current time? Yeah, it, it's something I recognise personally. I chair the Genomics Development Board for a uh, soft tissue and bone cancer uh, charity, Sarcoma UK. Uh, so, so I, I see these things absolutely firsthand. Um, but, I, but I think our guidance equally applies. It's important for uh, the trustees of the pension scheme to work with trustees of the charity uh, to work out a solution that, that balances affordability with security of members' benefits. So I, I think the same principles apply 
uh, obviously it, it, it is really quite challenging uh, because of the nature of, of charities. And finally, David, how will the regulator be assessing the needs of the market over the next few months? Are you considering issuing more COVID-19 specific guidance in the near future, particularly in relation to the regulatory easements that were set out in the March guidance? Um, we've tried to deal with the, the most pressing issues and, and the issues that get raised with us uh, most frequently. So we think we've uh, put out the, the, the largest proportion of guidance that we need to. Uh, but we are constantly monitoring and getting feedback on how the uh, the market's developing. So uh, to the extent that we need to put out further guidance, we, we will do so. Uh, but we don't envisage that it will be the same uh, frequency and intensity that perhaps we've done today. So that's been really helpful. Thank you, David. I wonder if we just move on now and start thinking about the future and perhaps to the legislative timetable and new DB funding code. David, what will be the regulator's key priorities over the coming months? Um, so we're really focused on savers and protecting pensions and, and we'll continue to do that. Um, in the short term, we recognise that we need to support employers through this crisis uh, and we'll do that where appropriate to ensure schemes have profitable and uh, sustainable sponsors who can support them going forward. Um, but we, we put uh, to, to one side a number of really important issues. Uh, so the funding code, code consultation, for example, uh, the work that we did on trusteeship and governance and in particular diversity and inclusion uh, and climate change and ESG issues. Uh, so they'll, they'll all be things that we'll, we'll pick up and drive forward uh, over the coming weeks and months. OK, and I understand that the initial consultation for the new funding code was extended. How confident are you that this timetable will hold? Um, so we think the consultation still remains highly relevant. Uh, the need for schemes to set a long-term objective and a journey plan on, on how to get there are, are still the right things to focus on. Uh, and and interestingly, I think schemes that have got really good in integrated risk management uh, addressed issues like sustainable investment risk uh, and the visibility, visibility horizon of covenant are the ones that are coming through this crisis in the best, best shape. So we still hope to progress to our second consultation and have the code operational by January 2022. Uh, and we're going to work really hard to try and do that. Uh, but obviously, we need to recognise the uncertainty that exists at the moment. Uh, but we are really focused on trying to have this operational as soon as we can, we can do that. OK, I'd like to sort of move on now to some top tips for trustees and corporates. So what should they be focusing on right now? If I go to David first. Um, I think trustees are in really difficult circumstances and, and we need them to do just the best that they can. Uh, we need them to appropriately prioritise their actions, what they're doing, uh, adapt to these new market conditions, understand the risks of the scheme, uh, put in place mitigations wherever they can uh, and make sure that they're coming out of this crisis in the best possible shape that they can. And Katie and John, do you have any top tips that you'd like to add? I think from a trustee perspective, you know, trustees really need to be thinking about balancing the interests of their members with supporting their sponsor through a, a very difficult period. Um, you know, I think it's clear from the annual funding statement that the, the, the strong uh, and sustainable employer is in the best interests of members. Um, but for some, taking decisions around that can be a counterintuitive stance, um, given 
how they have behaved in the past. Um, but actually, that's essential at the moment to support the business and, and, and therefore um, scheme members' interests. The second point I'd make is that, you know, learning from past economic shocks, it's also critical to document the decision process um, that trustees are going through uh, as the effects of COVID and the EU exit unfold. Yeah, and and two from me as well. Firstly, I'd say that um, there are some interesting opportunities in investment markets due to market dislocations. So trustee boards and sponsors that can be agile um, I'd encourage to review those opportunities. And the same is true of the insurance markets as well. So for better funded schemes that have been considering buy-ins or buy-outs or other types of risk transactions, there's some interesting pricing at the moment in those markets. And, and secondly, I'd encourage sponsors to take a step back and, and take the time to review their long-term strategy for the pension scheme and really consider how this needs to adapt to the current situation and also to the new funding regulations that uh, are coming down the track. Really helpful. Thank you so much to David, John and Katie for sharing your insights. And of course, thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to know more about the themes we discussed in this episode, visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash COVID-19. We hope you'll join us next time and please do subscribe to keep up to date with all of our latest episodes.